0: Grand Rising everyone and we come to life spirit and coffee come with coffee here uh you know have you ever had a day that was just off right it's kind of funny because um in kung fu um master abram who's our teacher instructor sifu he was like you know there's those days you're off and the energy's just off and everything just there's a misstep or something happens. Anyway, that was yesterday for me. <laughs> I broke a plate. I, it was just the synchronicity, the timing was like there was something off, something in the vortex. Anywho, I just thought I'd share because that does happen sometimes. <laughs> we are off and that is okay. You don't need to make up anything about it. It's just part of the equation and we start again the next day or later on or we reset or whatever. Anyway, that's what I did. Okay, so let's get started. We're reading in the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation, an amazing book. Highly recommend that you read it um, because, of course, I talk more than I read. (laughs) Good morning, Christina. Okay, so let's look here. Um, As a source of alchemy, the Emerald Tablet contained all the steps necessary to unveil the one thing, the Holy Ghost within the world, um, which Jacob believed to be the key to the whole work. From his exalted viewpoint, he declared, The work is easy, the act is simple. A boy of 16 years might make it, um, but the wisdom therein is great, and it is the greatest mystery. Such comments and his strange behavior caused inevitable fiction uh, between Jacob and the practical apprentices with whom he labored. In 1594, he was dismissed from an apprenticeship. Before completion, he returned to his home. Uh, Nevertheless, he opened a cobbler shop and soon married the daughter of a local tradesman. So despite his lifestyle, Jacob continued to have visions um, enveloped by a brilliant light that lasted for several days. During the state, he became aware of archetypal essence at the heart of all creation, what he called the self-interpreting signatures of all things. So, you know, we see, and I was talking about this the other day that we, we use the same language. No, we use different language to describe the same thing. And that's the way it goes. So now we're using what we call archetypes. Now, before they were talking about this, right? Personalities, archetypes are something that it's a little bit bigger than maybe the personality. um, But it's like the fabric of the essence that sort of. Not materialize, it's not the right word, but without a better word to describe it, kind of materializes. And then it becomes this thing that we are conscious of. And some people even take on the role of these particular energies, right? Let me say that energy might be a better word for it in the archetypal patterning. So there's like it arises, the energy sort of crystallizes together and creates and forms what we call these archetypes. That's kind of the same thing that he's saying. I mean, they're all kind of similar. You know, it's not that they made up these new things, these new concepts. They just put different language to the same thing. And maybe they tweaked some of it a little bit, right? The concept, maybe they tweaked it just a little bit or whatnot. But it's the same thing, okay? And and it's been happening forever. And when you can tap into it, you understand how it works, right? Okay, during that state, he became aware of the archetypal essence. There we go. At the heart of all creation, see? Now, if you saw, I just said that, which is kind of funny because that lasted for several days. Okay, anyway, he called this self-interpreting signature of all things. Uh, Two years later, the experience repeated itself when he fell into a hypnotic trance while gazing at a shiny pewter dish. Again, he saw the signatures that represented the thoughts of the mind of God and manifest in the world. He called the one thing in which thoughts of God took from the source ground okay the source ground is a great mystery the chaos from which originates good and evil light and darkness life and death joy and suffering salvation damnation uh it is a ground of souls and angels all eternal creatures in the ground of heaven and hell, in the visible world including all existing things since everything comes from the one thing the ground the source ground um the source ground is also another um kind of worldview um world yeah worldview, um and i can't remember who it was that created that concept of the source ground um and and how it arose now the you can say it's the fabric right or the dark matter um that exists within the world which we have nothing we we know nothing about you know you ask even physicists they don't know what it is they don't know how to measure it they don't know how to um work with it look at it understand it you know they put these theories to it, but do they really? know? no. And the reality is, is there's more dark matter. Um, but I do like the idea of the weaver, right? And and I think that's kind of, I see it better that way visually. Um, is that it's like the spider's web, you know, weaving um, through the darkness, and that those tiny fabrics of of web that we cannot see are the material that holds all of this stuff together. Um, and you know, this is a native tradition, this is native culture, right? The spider woman, the spider uh, lady, who weaved into existence everything that was. the The spider web itself, being that very, you can't see it, but that very thin, gentle layer that holds the dark matter together, so that things can emerge within it. You know, and so that, to me, seems like the better depiction of how to how to describe it. Do we really know? not necessarily um but we're able to theorize um like here's how we think it works um and they don't know um so they're calling it the source ground um where everything arises from now i don't think it's arising i think it's just emerging i think that's a you know rising indicates that it's it's elevating but i think emergence is a better word because it's emerging out of in all directions Not necessarily from the bottom to the top or top to bottom, you know, but we can't, sometimes humans can't think outside of that right concept of high to low. We forget that this is a 3D world. There's, there's side to side, there's all over, right? You know, just like wave your hands in circles. There's not just one way to do it. There's all different ways. So I would say it's an emergence of it. And we see that this, that material matter emerges from it. Okay. Jacob's vision became even clearer over the next decade. It was as if a uh, secret school were continually in session inside him um, that perfected the quality of material he received. Um in one 15 minute um revelation that occurred, he traveled to the above and below, what he called the the abyss and the abyss, um, and witnessed generations of all uh, all things through the action of three forces emanating from the godhead. It was a supreme vision after that he seemed to be less of him and more of the divine and mystical states and he got to the point where he simply could not contain them. Um so this is a so, an important concept to talk about. It's really awesome, right, to go and start to tap into these spaces, but you can go crazy. And that and some people do, and I don't maybe crazy's not the right word to say but you can almost lose your mind. You can get lost in the thoughts. You can get lost in the, in the mystical life, in the chaos in a way, um, because that's what, that's what it is. It's chaos. And then what we do is we don't know how to ground ourselves back down to earth. Um, and we forget we have a body and you know, some people do kind of lose their self in a way. So there's this fine line between that as well. Like people are like, oh, I just want to be spiritually woke and awaken. And what ends up happening is some people actually lose themselves completely. Um, and, you know, we don't necessarily, especially in the Western world, have a good way to support those individuals who we call them crazy. We, we, we label them as, as, and they're not, they're just going through a spiritual experience. That's how I see it. So anybody who is schizophrenic or all of these labels that we've given them, it's just a spiritual happening. And, and so how do we walk them through that spiritual journey? Um, so he, it sounded like he didn't know how to turn it off and reground himself back to earth. And I think this is important that we do because here's the deal. We can apply this information in a practical way that's why I call it practical use, because how do we actually apply this stuff to our daily life and not just get lost? I could get lost. I have. It's, it's, um, coming back is probably re-entry is probably the scariest part, right? Coming back to the material world. And we see that with people who have near-death experiences and such, right? They, they want to stay in their beautiful, whatever it is, a lot of people say they have the same experience where everything is just warm and it's light and they don't want to come back. They're, they're not afraid when they have that near death experience, but then they come back and it's like, oh my God, I want to come back. (laughs) And we think of it opposite, right? That everybody'd want to come back and not go. And, you know, So we can get lost is what I'm saying. And everybody's looking to elevate and have a spiritual awakening and have all these, and it's good. It's not a bad thing. It's just, how do we apply them to the world that we live in without completely losing it? And it's, it's a fine line and it's really not easy. You know, that's the middle path. That's like pulling the information from the above and then actually bringing it down to the below so that you can use it in your life in a practical way, in a way that makes sense, in a way that drives harmony and joy and bliss. So we can work with the above and below. It's just that we don't want to lose ourselves. I mean, you can, but I've seen people go pretty much like, Crazy is the best word I can use for it, okay? They're not crazy, but that's what it seems, that they seem to lose themselves, okay? Anyway, we'll see what it says here. Okay, it was his supreme vision. After that, he seemed to be less him and more of the divine, mystical states. Um, he couldn't contain them. Previously, he started writing down his thoughts and produced this first manuscript, Aura, or Morning uh, Readiness or uh, in the Rising of the Sun. Uh, redness, I'm sorry. Morning redness in the Rising of the Sun. Copies were circulated by his close friends, but a local pastor got a hold of the copy and insisted that he, the town council forbid Jacob from writing any more uh, pretensions of, to theology. Uh, for five years, Jacob obeyed the injunction and stuck to his trade, but the visions were unrelenting. Okay, and he started putting them on paper again. He produced such uh, voluminous and fascinating work Um, They were difficult to keep private and the pressure from um, authorities forced um, his exile. So another thing to say, um, alchemists, as they rise, as alchemists rise and their work starts to become powerful and shape and change the dynamic, they tend to be um, put under scrutiny and they tend to uh, probably end up, you know, dead or shut up. And then we know this with alchemists and you wonder why. Well, why? Why is it that the alchemists get shut up so much? Why is it that the people who are practicing alchemy um, are forbidden to do so? Um, Well, there's a lot of reasons why. And that's why I tell people, if you want to understand what's happening in the world, if you want to know and go deeper, alchemy is the way. Alchemy will show you the way in the process. It'll connect you so close to natural law, because see, natural law is the closest thing to the divine. We didn't create natural law. We are just a part of it. We're co-participating in it. Now, natural law gives us that connection to something divine, something greater than, something bigger than, but still a part of. So it's a part of us, and when we tap into it, we start to it's almost like magic and people will say it's magic, you know, and that's why they'll say, no, it's evil. Don't do that. It's magic. Now here's the deal. Yes, it can be called magic. um, And it can be used for good. But the reality is, is that it can get in the hands of people who are not, who are misusing it. And then that wreaks havoc on everything. So alchemy itself has the ability to change and transform the dialogue, the narrative, the way we engage the world. And it has what it does, and science arose from alchemy. Nobody wanted anybody to do science. Religion didn't want them to do science because chemistry was a result of alchemy. And because of that, we started to look at things like particles and how they connect together and can we make gold. And they started to do that. They started to use base metals and try to make gold and all this stuff. And um, they separated the duality came in and they separated the soul from the material world. They started to look at the material why because religion didn't let them look at this stuff. They would get in trouble for it because it would change the narrative dialogue and the control that these people had the individuals under. So again, alchemy is a powerful tool. It's not something to take lightly. Um and I say before you start applying all this stuff to your life to be ready because things are going to change. They will. They'll change immensely to the point where you may not be able to you won't be able to construct your life the same way basically um, and that's why not many people will follow this or continue on the alchemic path or spiritual alchemy um can be kind of scary for some people, okay but for him, because he was having these things and he was producing them, um, you know they came after him, of course, he appealed to the court. Um, where the panel of theologians was assembled to examine him, like the priests and scholars who examined Bolognese uh, more than 1,500 years earlier, they were so impressed that they declared him beyond their power to judge. But unlike Bolognese, Jacob um, was at the end of his years when his godlike abilities were acknowledged. So in November, Jacob suddenly became feverish at the home of a friend um, knowing that he was about to die, asked to be transported, uh, his wife and four children in him. He entered into the static state and took uh, leave of him one by one. He kissed his wife goodbye and told her she would not survive long after him, which she did not. Then said farewell to his four children. Um, as he approached death, he had a loving gaze of the elder son and uh, seemed to keep Jacob from serving um, the bonds so he asked his son to turn around and look away immediately um, and he let out a deep sigh and expired okay so it's been said that Jacob opened an alchemy book Um, was the day that the secrets of alchemy were irreverably revealed to the world so they're saying that he was the reason why alchemy was revealed to the world the mystical boy knew instinctively um, that the vessel the philosophers was the human body and their stone of the perfect soul so again when we talk about the philosopher's stone people think that it's a stone that if we have it or know how to make it that we will be immortal um but the reality is is that our body our vessel is the philosopher's stone and we need we get to learn how to take care of it um he knew because he had already experienced within himself the primary operations of spiritual alchemy and was undergoing the fermentation of images and mental content that would prepare him for the ultimate revelation of his own unique signature, the release of his purified essence, and the coagulation of his own immortal stone. So, coagulation is another part of the alchemic process. But as you can see, spiritual alchemy lives within us. It is the the actual stages, right, like it says, of our own unique signature to release the purified essence, where the essence itself gets purified, not, it's not easy, though, (laughs) he said it was easy, I say it's easy, but it's not easy, Um, especially today in this world that we live in, um, because of the communication, right? Um, So the communication has been, um, (laughs) we can talk across worlds now. We can talk across many, you know, I can call somebody in India today. I got friends in India. So we had somebody in India show up on this podcast yesterday. Uh, We are so interconnected. There's so much information and it's almost so much that we don't know how to stop the noise. And really, it requires both. So if we stopped and listened to our body, ourself, we would tap into that spiritual essence. We just need to stop and listen. Okay? Um, So I have never desired to learn any sciences, Jacob said, um, of his life. But from the early youth, I strove after salvation of my soul and thought how I might uh, possess the kingdom of heaven, heaven, finding within myself a power of adversity namely the desires that belong to the flesh and blood i began to fight a hard battle against my uh, corrupted nature and with the aid of god i made up my mind to overcome the inherent evil will to break it and to enter wholly into the love of god i therefore then and there resolved to regard myself as one dead in my inherent form until the spirit of god would take form in me so that in through him, I might conduct my life. That I love that. Good morning, the rock. That's actually perfect. Perfectly said. That we, we sort of learn to, and I've talked about this, work through those dark emotions. Not to get rid of them, but to learn how to work through them. And then we allow that energy, that essence of God or the divine or whatever you want to call it, to move through us. And then we become the vessel of God or the house of God, the house of, you know, I just say God, just easier universe, whatever it is, whatever it is, you call it creator, the grand design, the divine, uh, Yahweh, you know, the many names that we give the God or God and that we allow that to radiate throughout our entire body, our cellular structure, everything that vibration, we walk as God. Now, it's, is it easy? No, because we have the monkey mind. We're in a very dense world. I've talked about this before. And because of our density, because we're matter, um, it's really kind of hard. We have everything fighting against us, right? Our, the construct of our body itself is fighting to stay alive. Think about it. We're made of cells. These cells have to be nurtured and loved in order to continue to move through life. If they start to die out, we die out. So the very fabric of our body is an alchemic process. And it's fighting. You know, it's fighting every day to stay alive, to stay awake. To, so you got to understand that we have the ability to say, well, we don't need to fight with it. We can allow that beautiful spirit good morning um to come through us and help us to move forward we can actually embody the 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 essence of god he allowed all of that other stuff the things that he said the the possession right he he had to fight a battle against the corrupted nature it is a battle that we fight we are warriors Anybody who does this work and is is committed to healing themselves and allowing their self to radiate the essence of love and the God self is gonna have a battle with the self. We have been programmed not to love ourselves. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of crazy when you think about like when I think about this, I'm like, really? We we have to teach ourselves to love ourselves. I mean, that's crazy. Shouldn't we just love ourselves? I mean, no, we battle with that daily. How do I love myself? How do I find myself worthy? We go through these battles with our own self. No wonder we're battling wars. As within, so without. Those people are battling internally to love themselves. If they love themselves, they wouldn't be at war. It just, you can't. You're not at war if love is is emanating through every part of your body and every cell. If you're loving yourself, you're loving everything. Even what you would consider the dark. <laughs> that you can transmute and transform the energy just by your presence. You know, you can go into a space where there's what people would call evil or darkness. And because you embody the essence of love and pure love that you can transform that energy just by your, your mere presence. You see, and then people who quote unquote are evil and want to hurt you. If you hold love, pure love, they start to go, oh my God, what did I do? Okay, they freak out. They kind of go, "Oh my God!" Like they started. Okay, let's look at the story of Jesus. The same story, right? They were like, stone him, kill him. We want him dead. And then after they were like, "Wait, what did we do?" Like, oh my God! There was this like awakening. If he would have started throwing stones back, that awakening would have never happened. So it allows us to wake up to the fact that we are love it changes and and we can do that we can hold but it's not easy because we have to battle ourselves the battles within it's not external it's an internal battle and it's not an easy one to overcome right it's not easy to work through it's not he would say it was easy i would say it was easy but it's not easy Okay, most people it's it's very, very hard and you know, sometimes people wonder is it easier just to take the easy low road where, you know, I can just whatever get by and, and no, when we're trying to and I don't wanna say perfect our soul, but because our soul's already perfect, where we're trying to work through the hardships so that we can transform our soul into love, not it's not such an easy thing. Like I remember a couple of years ago, that was my New Year's resolution, to love so big, everything, no matter what. Good, bad, ugly, evil, everything. There was times where it was hard because I was like, wanted to yell and get frustrated and... And I did. I allowed myself to go through it, to come back to compassion, to come back to love. But there was that battle. So mastery of this is, is being able to go through all those emotions in like less than a second. And you could come back to love no matter what. Like that's a master. Not that they don't feel, not that they don't get those It's just that the time between how they feel and that anger, they understand how to transmute it, go through all the process in such a short amount of time that you wouldn't even notice it. Our human eye couldn't even notice it. Facial expression wouldn't even change. That's the only difference is the practice, right? Practice, 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 practice. Work through it. We've got to face it. We've got to move through it. That's the way to do it. Okay, so that's what he said. Therefore, I resolved the regard myself, one dead that might inherit form. So he killed off. Uh, he went through a death, which is a spiritual death, and allowed the light of God to emanate through him completely, okay? So that he may conduct his life that way. Now, while I was battling, right? A wonderful light arose within my soul. It was the uh, entirely foreign um, to my unruly nature. But in it, I recognize the true nature of God and man, and the relation existing between them, a thing which before that I had never understood and for which I would never have thought to seek. Although the physical alchemists struggle to pin down the technical details of fermentation, it is overwhelming spiritual power was obvious um, to all who experienced it. You see, here's the distinction in alchemy. The Physical alchemists struggled to pin it down technical, like the technical details, meaning that when they took the alchemy into the labs, they, the process of fermentation was something that they couldn't pin down. But remember, alchemy was not used or not created for us to use in the material world. That, that application of alchemy was to be used on the body and the soul. And our connection with the divine but we took it and we made it an external thing and then we created duality that duality kind of set the stage for our demise now like what we see today Um, if we recognize that we were all interconnected and that everything that we choose to do in some way shape or form has an impact on the whole We wouldn't be doing it because we know that it'd be harming ourselves, but we, we don't. People really kind of think they're individual and we have a whole bunch of individuals that think that like I'm separate, that everything's not interconnected. Even the other day, um, I don't know if the rock is on here, (laughs) I don't mean to call you out, but saying, Oh, it's not our problem. You know, what's going on across the world. Well, it is, it may not be our business, but it's our problem. Because whatever results from that is going to impact us. Because we're all interconnected. There's no, I'm separate from you. Every little thing that happens has a ripple effect in the entire matrix, if you will. That drop ripples. And it may be light and we may not feel it now, but over time we do. There's consequences for every choice we make. And things can happen like this, or they can go slowly. So there is. There is a consequence, and everything is interconnected. And the systems themselves, when one thing happens to one system, it happens to another. You can think of it as like the water being polluted, right? If you pollute the water, it doesn't just go to one part of the water. It actually ripples into all of the water, and then all of a sudden, all of it's contaminated. So we see this, right? Then it goes into the ground and then it corrodes the, the trees, the everything else. So, And then it starts to ripple out and more and more and more. And as it grows, it continues to impact everything around it. So you've got to understand what we do has an impact. It has a huge impact, actually. Okay. So they can get, we will learn how to use this process to gain higher inspiration in chapter 15, fermentation, fire of the soul. However, not everyone who has undergone fermentation has understood the experience as well as Jacob, where the process introduces us to realities from which society does not prepare us. It is the job of the next operation, distillation. Um, to purify those experiences so that we do not over they do not overwhelm us that 's what I was talking about earlier. You can get overwhelmed and you can lose yourself completely um, there 's a fine balance between the two so um, as so we can assimilate to the new worldview and use it to guide us to the final steps in alchemy. Now, these steps in alchemy going through them um, can seem terrible and scary and hard. Um, once you start to go through these processes and you start to hit what they would, people would call higher dimensions, you're going to receive information. People are calling it downloads. Now, everybody's like, I'm getting downloads. I'm getting downloads, right? That's the the favorite word right now. Um, and it, you know, for the alchemist, we would say, okay, you're going through the process of alchemy. Um, but that's fine. Downloads is a, a perfectly fine word. So you're getting downloads. Sometimes people are wanting more and more and more and more. And the more that you want, and the more that you go after that, the more you're going to get lost. It's going to be really hard to get back to earth and ground yourself again. We go off in the weeds in our stories and what we're seeing. And I know why, because I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. I understand. And I've had to use very much, I have to stop, I have to turn it off because I have to learn to ground myself. Right. So until you can find that that fine balance between receiving the information and using it for everyday practical use, it becomes very, very hard to turn it off. And that's where people kind of tip over and have what we call spiritual emergency. It's like they've gone just a little bit over the edge and now they're in this world, they don't know how to ground themselves back to earth, to relate to the earth, to be rooted into the earth where we are so they're kind of floating <laughs> okay so there you have it that is the um the end of this chapter we're going to get into the greatest force of all power purification by the ray of the sun and the moon okay um and we'll get into this next time um yeah let me see if I see anything in here that I wanted to point out. No, um, but we'll go into that, and that's a pretty short chapter. We have the fifth element in here, uh, the distillation, and we go into who went through distillation and stuff. So, again, alchemy. Um highly encourage that you get the book. Read it yourself so that you can understand how to apply it to your life. But there is a process. There is a way, and there's always a way out and we get to choose how we want to move forward you know do we want to continue to move towards um the darkness and harm and suffering and what we would call sorcery or do we want to move towards the the emergence of um illumination do we want to grow in love or fear you know that's basically a better way to say it which way do we want to grow um and people choose people choose uh, fear sometimes and we see the results and consequences of that and one way we have a crazy world but people will grow in love and that is a harder road to take believe it or not watch the strange life of dr parnassus or i can't remember that's not the name of it but i know it's dr parnassus watch that movie where he strikes a deal he's a uh, a guru who's like levitates and um he may he strikes a deal with the devil, and we see that people um tend to go towards the dark matter. I don't that's not the right word, not dark matter. They tend to go towards the fear. That's better. I'm trying to change my language and all this, it's really been hard. We've been programmed so much to think of darkness as evil, and it's not all evil. Um so. To go towards the fear rather than to go towards love is a harder road, not easier. It's harder. Why? Because of our monkey mind and all the stuff we make up that we're not enough, we're not worthy, we don't matter. You know, or we're shame. Shame. I was reading about shame the other day, which I want to read on here actually. Maybe I'll read that tomorrow before I start chapter eight. Um, which is a really good book, daring, daring. Daring Bravely, I think it's called. Yeah, Daring Greatly, not bravely. Daring Greatly, uh, Bene Brown, which is, she's pretty awesome. At first I was like, Bene Brown, who's this woman? And then I started listening to her. I'm like, oh, okay, I like her. I really do. I like what she has to say about, you know, us being vulnerable and working through those dark emotions, which I think is timely for the chapter we just read. I think I'll read Bene Brown, um, a chapter out of her book that I just read um, the other day. And I think that would be super helpful to understand how shame, um, really, I think, can spiral us into a state of fear, which can spiral us to do crazy things. So shame, uh, being one and really looking at what that means and then kind of working through that. Okay. So there you have it. Um, a lot of people don't want to step outside their boxes. We are, a meet, uh, meeting last night and I felt out of place because there were closed minded, constantly a battle because society creates pressure around us from the moment we're born. Yeah, they do. And um, it's yes, people do live in their boxes. And, you know, honestly, um, we can tell, right, like who's who would come to these podcasts is people that are not they're trying to understand how to break those boxes down. Or expand the box if it's a box but i would say expand the circle not the box maybe um (laughs) that that's where people come here and they're like okay well how do i expand right how do i expand consciousness how do i open up to new ways of thinking about the world um you know how do i engage in life differently all of those things where you cannot maybe coke or uh, connect with individuals that can't see that, right? And a lot of it starts, I'll just end this way, a lot of it starts with people having to be right about who they are. People feel the need to be right. The second that you have to be right about something is the second that you close yourself off from actually learning anything. Okay, and that's a hard one. So we want to be right about the stuff that we do. We want to be right about it. And then what ends up happening, right, is that (laughs) we end up closing ourselves off from getting new information so we always say seek to understand and listen first let all that information come in right and you might actually be surprised that you see life in a different way people are afraid of that though because what would that mean if they were wrong well they'd have to change everything right So it's really hard for people to expand consciousness, okay? People think they're elevating consciousness, and they're not. They're expanding it, and it's hard to expand consciousness. If you think you're elevating it, then you're probably not, I would say, you're not actually, you're still putting yourself on an ivory tower, basically, is what I'm saying. You're putting yourself above when you're saying, I'm above all, right? Oh, we're just on a higher level of consciousness. We just know more. We're just more enlightened. Those people, you're not more anything. You're expanded, perhaps. But that expansion opens up the opportunity for others to engage in that expansion. And as we expand, we allow more space. We allow more space. Not more stuff, more space. See? Difference. We allow more opportunity to see other worldviews. To, to hear people more, to listen more. We start to expand our consciousness. So we're like, oh, and then we interrelate to more. And then we can connect the dots to nearly anything. Kind of cool, actually. <laughs> All those epiphanies and fire, your brain just starts to fire off and you start to have these awakenings where you're going, oh, wow. And then, oh, this connects to that and this. People will say, well, how did you come to this work? Um, how did you... And really what happened is my neural pathways fire together to understand a bigger picture. That's it. I could see a bigger picture because of it. So as you do this, right, your neural pathways, your brain, neuroplasticity, all that stuff, and these interconnections, these, they start to connect and you start to see, and that's epiphany really. It's just your brain firing off and going, oh, I see this in a whole different way now. And I can see how everything is interconnected. I can see how this connects to that, to that, to that. I could go from this subject to end up on an entirely different subject. But they're all interconnected and related. And you just go on and on and on. And it's crazy. It's pretty cool. Okay. So there you have it. All right. Okay, so there you have it. I love you guys. Um, of course, I will be seeing you tomorrow. I think I'll read Bene Brown's Dear, uh, Daring Greatly. I think that talks about sort of the dark, icky feelings of shame and, you know, how to perhaps overcome that, um, work through it. Okay. All right. So there you have it. Love you guys. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.